She wondered where the music came from. She had heard it quite clearly as she came over the hill, but upon entering the field she had lost it. Now as she watched the others, she heard it once more. When they neared it grew louder, when they retreated into the darkness it faded with them, as though the sound issued from the dancers themselves and hung, a droning exhalation, above their heads. It was an odd kind of music, a continuous, high, shapeless blur of sound. It was something like mosquitoes in a hot bedroom, and something like a distant threshing machine. But beside this, it had a faintly human quality, a metallic breathing as of trombones marking the measure. And when the dancers took hands and revolved in a leaping circle, the music leapt and pounded with them, so much like the steam organ music of a merry-go-round, that for a moment Laura thought that they were riding on horses and dragons, bobbing up and down on crested dragons with heads like cocks and horses with blood-red nostrils. The candles burnt on in the dry ditch. Though the boughs of the thorn trees moved above them and grated in the night wind, the candle flames flowed steadily upwards. Thus lit from below, the dancers seemed of more than human stature, their bodies extending into the darkness as if in emulation of their gigantic, upcast shadows. The air was full of the smell of bruised grass. Hello and welcome to Story Girls, a fortnightly podcast about books with a dash of absurdity. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Alicia. And this is our third episode of our third season. Woo-woo. And uh, so our third season theme is bolters. Bolters. It really is heinous of you, bolter. And today's bolter is Laura Willows, also known as Lolly. Yeah, Lolly Willows. Mm-hmm. From the book Lolly Willows by Sylvia Townsend Warner. Mm-hmm. Is there anything we want to say about the author? Mm-hmm. Um, so Sylvia Townsend Warner, she was born sometime in the late 1800s. I can't remember the exact year, but um, she was. She grew up with um, a father who was a um, headmaster, I think, or um, anyway. He, it was an academic household, basically. Okay. And um, she... As a young woman started writing poems, she was um, she had a long affair, I think like over 10 years, with um, a married music master, and she also studied music and was... Um, are you giving me that look because I said music master? No, <laughs> the long affair the in long the affair. Eight, well, early 1900s? Yes. Goodness. Yes. Oh, well, it gets better. Oh. Because after that ended, she then met her, the partner that she would then have for the rest of her life over almost 40 years, um, who was another woman. His name was Valentine Ackland. And they were both writers. Oh. And they were uh, open about their relationship. Wow. They met in the 30s and they were in, open to everyone about being a couple. They were very passionate and, um, yeah, so that's pretty awesome. Indeed. Um, and what else do I have to say about her? She wrote um, a lot of really cool, really fantastical stuff. Um, I have a book of her short stories, which I actually haven't read yet, but it's called Of Cats and Elfins, and it's just like fantasy short stories featuring cats. That's good. That's good. It's real good, yeah. I'm really <laughs> looking forward to that. Hold on. 
Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's Sylvia Townsend Warner in a nutshell. We'll post some more links if you want to read more about her. There is at least one biography that I know of out there about her, and I think she had a pretty um, fascinating life. She and her partner were also very politically involved and engaged, and um, yeah, they had a really interesting, interesting lives. All right. Mm-hmm. All right, pull up, pulling a prompt. Oh, should we read the back of the book? Mine has a really short one, so I can go for it. it. After the death of her adored father, Laura Lolly Willows settles into her role of the indispensable maiden aunt of the family, wholly dependent, an unpaid nanny and housekeeper. Two decades pass, the children are grown, and Lolly decides to move to a village alone. Here, happy and unfettered, she revels in a new existence, nagged only by the sense of a secret she has yet to discover. Oh, all right then. What does yours say? <laughs> Mine says, 47-year-old Lolly Willows is a conventional maiden aunt, unpaid companion, babysitter to brother's children. After years of submission to her controlling family, she develops a longing for the countryside and dark, wild places that impels her to flee London for a remote village. Lolly soon discovers that her new neighbors are a coven of bohemian witches and eventually encounters Satan himself, a genial country gentleman who's ready to make a pact. <laughs> Sorry. That's why I had to read it. I was like, what? Genial country gentleman. Who's ready to make a pact? <laughs> I believe that she meets him after she makes the pact. Mm-hmm. Does she not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, in fact, does not realize that she's made the pact at the time. Like, she kind of does, but she kind of doesn't. She only realized... Oh, anyways. Oh, spoilers. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so spoilers abound. Yes. So if you haven't read this book, we recommend that you read it because we're going to talk about every single bit of it. Indeed. Yep. Okay. Okay. Prompt. Pull a prompt. (laughs) The world will welcome your creation with open arms. Keanu Reads. It's Keanu Reads. (laughs) It's Keanu Reads time. All right. So, well, I have a, a... a, a way to loop Keanu in on this. Oh, okay, great. In a kind of like six degrees of Kevin Bacon kind of way. Excellent. Um, in that I was like, how can we connect Keanu to this book? So what I did was I Googled Keanu Reeves witches. Oh. And what I got was a story about Octavia Spencer oh. because she was recently in the witches movie. Okay. That was based on the Rule Doll book. Mm-hmm. And in an interview for the movie Witches, she randomly told a story about a time like 25 years ago when her car broke down in like a posh Beverly Hills neighborhood. And it was like apparently covered in bird shit because it had been like sitting under a tree all day and nobody would help her and her car and people were just honking. And then like Keanu Reeves appeared out of nowhere and like pushed her car out of the road. And then once people saw that it was Keanu Reeves and everybody started coming over to help her. Um, so it has nothing to do with this book or really about witches, but that was what happened when I Googled Keanu Reeves and witches. Well, I'll just say that for others, if mm-hmm. they're a fan of his movie canon, The Devil's Advocate mm. is a movie in which he is being propositioned by the devil. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Great. <clears throat> Done. Done. Next prompt. Oh, might as well. Whoa there. Problematic things in the book. Oh. Yeah. Um, Well, we'll start off with a couple of, there's just like a few um, terms that Mm. are thrown in there. Um, She 
mentions Book Robinson Crusoe and references the savages several mm. times. And then there's a part where it talks about children playing, quote, red Indians. Mm. Um, shocking to me how many, like, I mean, I guess it shouldn't be, but how many British stories reference that kind of play as children. Um, I mean, I know it was the British who went across the oceans and colonized <laughs> everywhere, but it just seems like that must have really infected the imagination of Britain. Yeah, like playing cowboys and Indians. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like the stories, because it would have like been letters written to back into, mm-hmm. into the imagination, like of yeah. they were all just like, oh, this is the play of what's happening over there. Like, yeah, and of course it was all very... Wrong. And terrible. <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Um, so there's that. And then the only other thing that I flagged in my read, um, I don't know about you, was her weird-ass relationship with her father. Okay, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sylvia Townsend Warner uses some expressions uh-huh. that I'm just like, today, if this book was written, this would be flagged to be like, let's rewrite this so that you're not implying that she like there's just full incest going on here. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, a, it's like intimacy and she just like abetted by the servants. She's just like fully stepped into like it made him aware that she can like do that role. And just yeah. the language that's used is like, mm. Yeah. And I get that she's trying to um, convey that they had a really close relationship mm-hmm. and that I think to some degree... <clears throat> the freedom and the acceptance that that she had, like she felt with for, with her father, is mm-hmm. what made her life up to the point that he died um, work for her. Yeah, right. In that she didn't really have any opportunities or education or like friends or like anything like that, but she was still relatively happy because. Mm-hmm. And I get that's what she's trying to convey, but yeah, it does come across as like really inappropriate and creepy. Yeah. And I would say that this book is an interesting one because so much of it is like told to us. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't really know, like you you hear that she was happy at Lady Place and with her life there or whatnot, but, and like that she's not really interested in like any of like the parties that she goes to and that kind of thing. But it doesn't seem to occur to her or to her father or to... It seems to occur to her brother, mostly their wives, Mm -hmm. her brother's wives, like, that, like, her life there is not, like, it's not sustainable. Yeah, no, it's not healthy. And even their neighbors, right? Like, their neighbors were always trying to come over to be, like, pushing her mother when she was still alive. Yeah, and her mother's just like, I'm sick. And I'm just like, what are Mm -hmm. you all doing? Because, like, Mm -hmm. it's great that, you know, like, they're not pushing on a traditional life on her. But at the same thing, unfortunately, like, that was kind of, like, her only option. I mean, obviously, like, what happens is the option available to her. I find it. Okay, I don't know. This this is not problematic, but I just find it weird that she's already living with the brother and his wife at Lady Place, mm-hmm. and then her dad dies, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Well, you have to move out." Yeah, <laughs> because I'm like, but she's already like doing so many tasks there, and like already helping with Titus. Like, why do they want her to go? But then they do say it's because they're like hope that she can find a man. Yeah, I think they're trying to like get her into society a little bit more and they yeah. think London is a better place they for They introduce it. her to a whole bunch of men like they yeah. have dinners and stuff yeah. like Carolyn and Henry. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I will say this isn't a problematic thing but while we're on the topic of her parents I love yeah. the description of her mother's death mm. where it was like um, 
During the last few years of her life, Mrs. Willows grew continually more skilled in evading responsibilities, and her death seemed but the final perfected expression of this skill. It was as if she had said, yawning a delicate cat's yawn, I think I will go to my grave now, and had left the room, her white shawl trailing behind her. <laughs> That's a great description. It's yeah. a great way to go. Yeah. Just like, Meh. yeah. I mean, I guess slightly problematic. Um, Henry's misuse of Lolly's funds. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I think that we can also get into that in the feminism prompt. Mm. But yeah, what a he just. He had control of her finances. She was supposed to have, and I think this is another reason why they thought she didn't need education or she didn't need opportunities was because she was she had an income, right? Yeah. Like for the rest of her life, that was enough for her to live comfortably on. So it didn't enough matter. for her to get her own house. Yeah, it was supposed and, to. And a donkey. And a donkey. <laughs> but her brother put it in some dodgy investments and lost it, half of it. Yeah. Um. I never told her, never asked her permission. No. And I mean, it raises a lot of questions about him and his finances altogether. Mm -hmm. Like, and I loved that. um, Oh, and Carolyn also, I feel like that's, it's again, not problematic in that way, but the way that she like is so efficient and mm -hmm. like really good at things, but she like firmly believes that her role is to just like agree with him. And so it's this terrible building up of Mm -hmm. like a terrible, terrible person. Yeah. And she doesn't really realize her compound effect. Yeah. Because it said that she's so competent, but she always defers to him, but that he also recognizes on some level how competent she is. So he really values her opinion. And when she always defers to him, it just makes his own opinion of himself that much higher. Yeah. And it just keeps going and going until he's just like, yeah, no, they're both terrible. Um, but I also enjoyed how when he was, when she was confronting him about her money, where she was just like, I'd like this now. And he was just like firmly convinced that she would have like no understanding of investments or what it was. And she was just like, well, if you do this and this and this, and I should be okay. So could you please do this? And he's just like, doesn't know what to do with the fact that she clearly grasps the financial uh, aspect of everything like so well and knows what to do. Yeah. Well, I think it was, that probably goes back to her like her role in her father's house where she was like her father's confidant, Mm -hmm. but also like ran the household. Mm -hmm. So she knows a lot about money. Yeah. And she read like all the books in their library. Because they never unfiltered her access. Mm -hmm. And so she continues to, yeah. 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 So I think those are the the main problematic things. Yeah. I can't really think of anything else. I mean, like it's the book itself, again, is one of these books that is like problematizing a lot of the society norms, but it's doing that intentionally. Yeah. And so that's not what this prompt is about. Next. Is it me or you? I think it's, I don't know. Ooh, ain't that a name? Oh my gosh. Names in the book that deserve a mention. So should we just read this entire book out? (laughs) Just start at page one, read all the way to the end. Uh, Titus, Pandora, mm-hmm. um, Mrs. Leeks. I like that Mrs. name a lot. Yeah. There's also another, um, I mean, the names of the places are so good. Great Mop. Great Mop, Lady Place. Lady Place. Um, the Reason Why is the name of an inn that she goes to <laughs> at one point. There's also her niece. Um, oh, her nieces, they have crazy fancy. Fancy no. and Marion are her two nieces, and one of them, I think it's Fancy, marries a man named Kit Bendigo. 
Ding, yeah. ding. Love Kit Bendigo. Also, yeah. there's a toad named Oliver Cromwell just mentioned in passing. It's like Oliver Cromwell the toad. She's like walking around outside. <laughs> so random. So um, random. The man she befriends in Great Mop, his name is Mr. Saunter. Mm-hmm. Also good. And then her name. Um, yeah. Her name, obviously, like, so Laura, mm-hmm. but it's one of the children. Mm-hmm. Can't say it, so it's Lolly. Lolly and then yeah. everyone just starts calling her that. Yeah. And Do you I remember like... her full name? Because it mentions her full name. Oh, no, I don't. Her middle name is Erminia. Oh, yes. So her name, she has to sign this on a document. It's Laura Erminia Willows, comma, spinster. I know. Why does she got to put that? <laughs> I was stunned at that. I would actually like to look that up because yeah. was that like a legal category yeah that's why she signed the document and not a man yeah 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 oh Uh. wait where's our (gasps) that's when that's when see this is interesting because that is probably when he sold her share like put her Mm. had her invest and he just had her sign it yeah and she didn't ask then what it was for yeah um and he didn't tell her yeah yeah but Lots of many, a, many a great name. There's also, I feel like there was someone else that I thought had a really great name, but some of the names in her family tree, like Demetrius and like Salome. Salo- Is that how like, you say that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I've never heard anyone say it before. Everard is a... Everard, her dad, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like there's some pretty good uh, names in the Willows family tree, for sure. There are, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, I do love the name Lady Place for the house. I know. I mean, I think we've talked about this before. House names. House names. So great. So amazing. Yeah. And it seems like there's just no rules for them, which I also appreciate. Mm. But that's also why I find it so hard to come up with one for my own house. It could be literally anything. could be literally anything, and it does feel like that it should have some significance. Mm-hmm. So you can't just be like, and eh, no, I shall call this, like, I got nothing. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, because it, it's like it could be anything, but it also has to be something. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean. Wisdom. <laughs> I'm just so full of it. <laughs> All right, let's All let's right. move on. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. No, it's definitely you. It's definitely me this time. Ooh, is there any ooh groping for trout in the peculiar river? Mm. No. No. I mean, someone's boobs are out at one point, <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> really? Remember? His boobs are out. The barmaid at the, like, um, oh, Sabbath. Em- Emily, is that her name? Is that, yeah. She's, like, the partner that everyone wants to be with. And yeah. then, like, I think Lolly at one point observes that, like, when <laughs> everyone's kind of, like, drifted <laughs> off, like, she's, like, standing there topless, like, talking to a tree. Uh, yes, uh, yes. As, as you do, does. yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and interestingly, <clears throat> when she dances with Emily at mm-hmm. the Witch's Sabbath, it's the only time she enjoys it. And we get it says like she felt like a tingle from her head to her toe. It's like mm-hmm. the only like time that there's any sort of sense of like Lolly. I don't want to call her Lolly. L- Laura as like a. It's like a physical, sexual being. Right. right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. But yeah, other than that, no groping for trout in a peculiar river. No. 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 This magic moment. Mm. Your favorite parts. Well, I really like when she's in the, it's not just a flower shop when she's no. like, she's in kind of like a market shop Yeah, and she is smelling the smells and I think it's tied to the larger reveal that she like has this habit of like buying mm-hmm. flowers and plants and stuff. And yeah. they don't think it's very like wise of her. And yeah. I guess because she thinks it's her own money, but she's accidentally spending theirs, mm. but she doesn't know that. Right. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, oh, we shouldn't, we won't tell her, we won't trouble her. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like she fills her house, but she, then she's always giving them to everybody else in the house because they're like, yeah. oh, those are really nice. Yeah. They're like really extravagant purchases because they're like imported flowers. Yeah. yeah. But that, that moment when she like smells it and then she mm. asks like, where is that? And then she immediately goes to the, like find a map mm-hmm. and like decides to move there. I just, yeah. I love, I, I don't know. I feel like. I've had that moment in a mm. store, not obviously you to the point where yeah. I went and bought a map and moved somewhere. And became a witch. Yeah, and became a witch. <laughs> but the transportive like experience yeah. like of being in, I don't know, I have a vision of the store. Yeah. It's very, yeah, it's very visual and it's very tactile too. Mm-hmm. Like she's running her hands over the flower petals and yeah, yeah there's, it's like clearly affecting her on some deep level. Yeah. And it, yeah, it is really conveyed really powerfully in that It is, yeah. Scene. I feel like it's kind of like how... I mean, not to glamorize shopping or consumerism, but sometimes you can be in a store and you pick Mm -hmm. something up and you can kind of see like Mm -hmm. a different pathway, like, you know, like it's got potential. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I love that scene. Yeah. That's a Um, good scene. I also want to add on to that scene that, um, uh, one of my favorite things about this book is just the way she describes things like Mm. kind of tongue in cheek sometimes. Like Mm -hmm. it's, there's like a lot of, um, humor to some of the things she says and when she's talking about after um, Laura goes home with those flowers and Carolyn thinks it's you know a big extravagance but she and Henry are like oh we'll we'll let her have that like we won't worry her about money and then they exchange this knowing look between themselves and then it says Henry was like a wall and Carolyn's breasts were like towers I I was like what Oh, such a good description. <laughs> so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really liked that moment. I liked mm-hmm. the moment with the kitten. Yes, when she first goes home and finds the kitten in her room. Yeah. Yeah. And I also like my favorite like section of the book, I guess, is really like it kicks off when she's in the shop and it yeah. kind of becomes a little bit more magical. Like she's having a sense and then she moves to Great Mop mm-hmm. and she and Miss Leakes like, you know, start up like a friendship yeah. and like yeah. it talks about like how she's just like they sit together in the evening, both like sipping like a wine. Mm-hmm. Different wines of, that Mrs. Leak has brewed Yes. Herself. And yeah. like the fire and like she just spends her days like trolling around the hillside like that to me was my favorite part of the book mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like fuck uh, <laughs> look at you pretending that we don't swear on this podcast yeah, I know why. <laughs> just was like oh, i can't do it fuck titus yeah yeah because i really feel like she would not have had to pledge herself to the devil but yep. i mean she feels um, i don't know well, yeah, actually one of my favorite parts um, that I was going to talk about was yeah. the part after she does that mm. and she goes for this walk and she has this like really um, like 
calming moment where she realizes that that was who she was all along, that she had like always been a witch, that it had always been within her. And that was like, it talks at the beginning how every autumn she gets this like sense of longing and that there's something more out there and that she realizes that's what this was. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting because there's a lot of, um, a lot of her moments in this book are, are just such like internal moments of realization and as a reader you're almost like really that's the conclusion you came to (laughs) but she's got such this like certainty within herself yeah um and like that depiction of someone just like really trusting their gut and Mm. like feeling like yes this is well I totally yeah like lol'd Mm. when she was like oh clearly this kitten biting me is like you know cementing my pact with the devil I was like oh boy (laughs) I was like I've been bitten by a lot of cats in my life and I've never had that realization (laughs) (laughs) who knows how many devil pacts we've entered into um but a couple of other moments I I wanted to mention just really quick Mm. in this just they're just lines but there's a part where um, she's going for a walk and she's trying to figure something out. It's near the beginning and she just says, she sat down in an extremely comfortable ditch to think. <laughs> As one does. Like, where would you even find an extremely comfortable ditch? Um... And then there's the part where they have that, they're, as when they're auditioning potential husbands for her and they're having all these men over for dinner and there's this one man that they think she's taking a liking to. Oh, the stutterer? To. Yeah. yeah. And then she says to him, he says that like February is a dangerous month and she says, it is. If you were a werewolf, and very likely you may be, for lots of people are without knowing, February of all months is the month when you are most likely to go out on a dark, windy night and worry sheep. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Henry and Caroline glance at each other in horror. <laughs> I just love it. I love yeah. it so much. Love it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, otherwise, I think similar to the the scene you described in the shop, just all the descriptions of nature mm. and her, um, her sense of um, her relationship with it. Mm-hmm. And do you remember that part where Titus comes and he's like, I love great mop and she's like she can see that he does Mm -hmm. but it's not in the same way like he loves it because it's like comforting and people like him but like Mm -hmm. that could be transferred to any place yeah whereas the feeling she feels for it is like so much more of a connection to the actual physicality of the place itself yeah um i read a really interesting article yesterday that i will link to that was Mm. called um landscape and embodiment in lolly willows and the author talks about um how she um sylvia townsend warner associates the like female individualism and independence with the landscape Mm. and with like the wildness of nature and the weather. Mm -hmm. And that's how she's like representing, um, the female like desire and like, um, urge to be like, to embody like your true self. Right. Yeah. So I'll link to that article. It's interesting. And I guess it's not really magic, but I do like my favorite part is that middle little part before the devil pact, but I like how it harkens back to um, when she was young and her father was still alive and she mm-hmm. was running their house. And I really liked the description of 
the traditions that she was upholding, mm-hmm. like, you know, this always happened at this time and this always happened yeah. at this time. And like the servants knew this, you know, and we did this. Yeah. And like, wasn't it like there was like one day where all of like the f- stuffed things came out and like got fluffed on the lawn. Yeah, it all got freshened. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, even for their birthdays, they... Mm-hmm each got to have their favorite meal and it was always the same one. Like I loved the idea of tradition, but that she at that time was already experimenting Mm -hmm. with going for long walks and collecting things. And that her father at first just like, because he's like, I love you, Mm -hmm. is eating her salads. But then he like really likes them because she's like really good at it. And Mm -hmm. yeah, you see her picking that back up. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, because you get the sense that in those early days, she was living very much in tune with with the like the seasons and then like fluctuations of nature and like those traditions that she was upholding mm-hmm. were they made sense in terms of like the rhythms of of nature yeah and then she lost that for like the 20 years she was living in london with henry mm-hmm. and carolyn like raising their children and doing like their routines which are also very set and traditional were out of touch with nature right yeah. like they're going away at a time when she was like i would like to stay here and see the the dead leaves but they're like no no that's unhealthy we're going somewhere else I know, like, they had very funny feelings about nature yeah they really did um so yeah i think that we see the the use and misuse of tradition in the two different yeah yeah i love when she takes carolyn to the church in great mop and is like oh here it is and like carolyn's like there for forever so she can wander around and then pretend like oh and like look at this here <laughs> because she's like been there for so long she's like i got to figure out everything in church and i can pretend yeah. i've been here before <laughs> while carolyn's praying for like ages for ages um i would like to talk about oh i don't know what part this would be but just like plot wise, mm-hmm. I found it so interesting that like Lady Place was mm-hmm. like figured so prominently in like the story of her family. Yeah. And how like, you know, like the family had all these traditions and had been like really in, you know, out of character for th- them to move into a new homestead. But then right. when they did, they occupied it fully. But her brothers, like, I mean, the one unfortunately dies because mm-hmm. he's like taking up, but then like the house gets like shuttered. Yeah. And no one's there. And then I think, do they rent it? Or? I don't remember them renting it. Yeah. Like, so Sybil and Titus, like, and then you think, oh, Titus is going to go live in Lady Place. Or you think she's going to go, like, live in Lady Place. Right. And it just never happens. Well, it's happening at the end, right? When Titus is going back with Pandora. Yeah. And I love that moment where she's like, it feels, Titus feels like unimportant. It feels like he's just the conduit in the matches between Pandora and Lady Place. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I do love that part. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, actually, uh, <laughs> okay. So is it known that she is a witch? Cause I'm confused after she becomes a witch or uh-huh. she decides that she is a witch mm-hmm. and she's cursing Titus, right? like not very well. And she's got to like hold the kitten back. Cause the kitten's going to like claw him with like a right. disease and kill him. Right. But like. She's trying to fix Titus and she's like, oh, it's so busy being a witch aunt. And you're just <laughs> like, does he know? And he like, I can't quite figure it out. No, I don't think he knows. But she's like, oh, God, I have no time for this. And I'm like, well, then just stop cursing him. Well, but it's not her, right? It's it's the cat. It's the kitten doing it. Yeah. According to her. She's like, vinegar is like, he's like 
he's new at this and he's yeah. not quite that good at it, but he's trying and like pretty soon Satan himself is going to step in and take care of this. But like, he's just like curdling the milk every night. But I know it's her wish, right? Cause she yes. wants Titus gone. Yeah, and so yeah. like the kitten is trying to do for her. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Anyways, I love like this. Yeah. What happens to poor Titus, but eventually <laughs> Pandora and like, yeah. yeah, like Pandora and lady place. Cause it was kind of, like, you know, all the traditions that were described of the mm-hmm. Willowses and mm-hmm. then the two wives don't really, I mean, not that, mm. okay, so problematic because mm. I don't think it's their business to like pick it up. But at the same time, like the brothers didn't seem to either. Like Laura right. was the only one who kind of like knew all the traditions. Right. And then, yeah. So. Yeah. And you get the sense that neither Sybil nor Carolyn really had any interest. No. No, they were just like, um, would much rather live in the city and like... Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, like, oh, even their vacation sounded terrible. Yeah. And terrible. I feel like that was what <laughs> Laura felt too. She's mm-hmm. like, I'm excited to go. But then I go and I'm like, oh, it's just the same yeah. shitty life yeah. here yeah. <laughs> with all the other weird rules. Yeah. Yeah. I also find it so like fascinating how much time passes with her just living that life. It's right. incredible that she doesn't like break free until she's 47. Like, yeah. and she moved, was she 29 when she moves to I London? Think, I think so. It's so. 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that she does mm-hmm. break free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long haul. It's a long haul. All right. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, yeah, just go for it. Just doing it. Bolters! Woo! Bolters! Well, that segues nicely. It does, yeah. It really is heinous of you, Bolter. So, obviously, <clears throat> uh, at 47, mm-hmm. she's in a shop. Mm-hmm. She has a moment. She has a moment. A smell and a sensory moment. Yep. Feels the call and decides to bolt that life. Yeah, good for her. Good for her. Good for Laura. Yeah, I love how she announces it to the family, mm-hmm. and she's just like, "I'm moving there. I hope you'll all visit." <laughs> and like, they're just like, "What?" And Titus is like, "I'll play along, and like, we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this." And yeah. she's like, yeah. "Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, I am." And they're like, so like Henry, so confused that by the end of the night, he's like, "Oh, it's clearly just a joke." Yeah, and yeah. then she comes and she's like, "Well, I need my money," mm-hmm. and he's like, "What?" Yeah, there's okay, so. In this part, I want to talk about a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> but one of them is the um, the general attitude of the Willows family towards women. Mm. Um, there's like, first of all, her parents um, flat out not educating her, which is horrific. Yeah. And then there's Henry and Carolyn. And do you remember that part where Henry talks about his daughters? Where he's like, oh, they're only daughters. Like, sorry. He's apologizing to his father for not having a son because he's like, you know, daughters don't really count or whatever. Oh, yes. Um, and Titus, when he shows up in Great Mop, all he does is get her to do stuff for him. Like, can you make me this? Can you make me that? Can you? It's It makes me so mad. Um, and... I also, speaking of bolters, noticed on page whatever it is, there's a part where they're talking about the war. Okay. And it says um, they're talking about the willows and how they were so, like, you know, 
stolid. <laughs> they didn't even hide from the bombs. From the air raids, yeah. <laughs> what do you do in air raids? Do you go down to the cellar or up to the roof? We do neither, Henry had replied. We stay where we are. I think that's... And I was like, that's like... That it in a nutshell like and that that's what she's rebelling against it says so right? much she's well because he's kind of an that. idiot he's such an idiot it's kind of confusing how he's done well but maybe he's i just wonder if he's really is doing well i feel well, like I carolyn also, could still be in for a shock maybe but i also think that it's possible for a lot of idiots to do well if they're born into that kind of it's privilege. true yeah. yeah yeah i feel like there's even it, it talks about how when laura is born She's so much younger than her brothers. Mm. Like she doesn't really grow up with them. They like, right. you know, she mostly knows them from like visiting and yeah. they're supposed to play with her, but they don't really like, there's no super bond there. Yeah. But her dad, the pearl necklace that he mm. like builds over her lifetime and mm-hmm. like how he just like, he wanted a daughter so badly, but it yeah. is very much of kind of like a covet of. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it's again, that weird thing where he like, was obsessed with an ermine. And, yeah. And then he named her Laura Erminia. Yeah. Yeah. He really could see it. This. It's so weird. Yeah. This, this fur around her with these pearls. Yeah. And he was like, it, yeah, there was no, no education. Also no. no plans. Like he never tries to take her out. Like he never no. tries to get her married. Like he, yeah. Like he has this daughter that he like covets and he's Mm -hmm. like happy to keep her until he dies and doesn't really seem to, I mean, obviously he's left money. He's provided for her. But you get the sense that even if he had no money, he would have done the same thing because it was never about her and her experience in her life. It was about what he was getting out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, she also like clearly, you know, if she had been a different person, she Mm -hmm. could have wanted to like get married and Mm -hmm. like, you know, or been like, I'm not staying here taking care of my dad, like find me another, which I think is a situation that many of women of the time, like Mm -hmm. they didn't necessarily fall in love. They were like, I got to get married so I can leave my family house. So I can become a little bit more of Mm -hmm. the very small amount that like society lets me be. Yeah. And I was reading, so my edition has an introduction by Sarah Waters. Okay. And in this, she talks about a little bit about how, um, post World War II, um, there was, or no, I guess it would have been post World War One. actually. There was this idea of like, there were surplus women, mm. right? Because like so many men had died in the war. Mm-hmm. And so spinsters became like, prior to that, they were just like, you know, not really paid much attention to, but post the war, they became like reframed as a problem for Mm. society. And then that's when you started seeing things like it reminds me of Gaudy Night a little bit because it was like, if you were a spinster, you were a problem and you were also maybe like not quite sane Mm. as well. Mm -hmm. And there's that whole thread through Gaudy Night where like Harriet's like, it's, is it unnatural? And like, could be any of these women could be doing this because they're all spinsters. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that's when Peter has to be like, no, like you're just obsessing on this thing because you're afraid that's going to happen to you, but that's not really a thing that happens. Yeah. Um, so it reminds me of that. Um, but yeah, they were like very much defined as a social problem and, Women, I think in Britain, she says, got the vote in 1918, Mm. but only if they were over 30 
and if they were a householder or married to a householder. Mm. So unless you had the means to buy a home or if you were married to someone who had the means to buy a home, you could vote. Yeah, very classist. Yeah, so Laura would not. No, she would not have been. Have been considered like a subject Mm -hmm. in terms of society, right? Like she was a problem, not... Um, and then that also makes me think of, and actually our whole season theme makes me think of, um, the idea of bolting in terms of queer theory, Mm. um, because so queer theory is like not necessarily about like gay characters, but just about reading stories that subvert the heteronormative structures Mm -hmm. like just you know and so all of our books pretty much do that right like because they're all about women who are bolting that type of life yeah because ollie doesn't just go find a man at Mm -hmm. 19 and marry Mm -hmm. him and pop out the babies exactly yeah like she's not yeah she's not settling into that what is presumed to be like the quote-unquote norm and so I'll also link to this. There's a really good episode of Which Please the podcast about queer theory. Mm. And they talk about how the experience of a lot of queer people is that they have to leave their family home in order to fully realize who they are. Right. And so this whole season theme, that's what it's about, right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's not until Lolly at 47 finally leaves her family mm-hmm. after being the maiden aunt or the spinster aunt for yeah. like so long, mm-hmm. living what sounds like to be a very boring life. Oh my God, so much so like boring. just sitting yeah. with Carolyn yeah. doing like nonsense embroidery because she just can't sit there and do nothing all day. So yeah. she like takes up something that she doesn't even like to do yeah and there's a part where it describes it at the very beginning where it says something like she felt as though she was embroidering herself into a piece with a great deal of background so you just get the sense she just feels lost in this like bullshit yeah (laughs) yeah um and then there's also a part that's actually i didn't say it in magic moments because it's very i don't know it's like it's not a magical moment but there's a part where she's in great mob and she goes out for one of her walks and she just has this moment of like sorrow and she's like literally feels like weighted down to the earth at just mm-hmm. like this outpouring of all the sorrow from the life she has lived up to that mm-hmm. point. And that part really stuck with me because yeah. yeah, like you got the feeling that that was the experience of so many women, but they never got the chance to have their great mop or to go and like lay down in the earth and release that sorrow. Yeah, and really at the end, we get that wonderful, because like, as I said, I feel like in this book, so many parts are just told to us. Like, mm-hmm. we're not... Mm-hmm. So Lolly makes a big speech at the end to the yes. devil, yep. and it really outlines her bolting mm-hmm. and, like, all, mm-hmm. like, of the witches bolting as mm-hmm. just, like, women who have been... M- told that there's a very narrow place for them in society. And Mm -hmm. if they don't fit into that, then they have no options. So like, of course they're, you know, going to become witches because like they, you know, what does she describe? The sticks of dynamite. Like they have the power to explode. Mm -hmm. And like, yes, some of them are going to like, you know, bewitch people's water and do that kind of thing. But it's, it's more just about like their true potential Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how they're given so 
little place in society to actually have that. And like, she talks about being unseen. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, it's, it's very much like comes back to, you can read her as, you can read her as a queer character. You don't have to. You no, can yeah. read her as um, a spinster, but like in many ways was parallel as people who aren't seen or yeah. legitimized by mm-hmm. society, right? Yeah. I mean, it's true. Like you can, yeah. Like she really doesn't go for any men and her, the only no. little tingle she has is for Emily, the barmaid. But yep. it seems like everyone at the party, and she says, has that for Emily. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She just got it. Um, Yeah, but she bolts at 47 in the early 1900s. She bolts. She bolts. And like, if she can do it, you can do it. It's true. Take heart, people. Yeah. And if you bolt and your family follows you and threatens to suck you back in, well, you make a pact with the devil in a weird, empty field. You do what you got to do. You do what you got to do. You get a kitten out of it to boot. You do. You get a cute little kitten. Yeah. All right. Oh, good segue. Are there any cats in the book? Well, hallelujah. Or finally. Finally. Yes. Vinegar Tom. What a great name. Yep. And then there's also Jim, who's Mrs. Leek's yes. old cat. <laughs> she's like, do you care if I keep this kitten? And she's like, as long as my old Jim doesn't put up any fuss. And Laura's like, she did not mean her husband. She meant her cat. <laughs> so great. Yeah. And then like... He doesn't like mind the kitten. Oh, the kitten does like everything like proper, like basically yeah. like slides over on its belly and like yeah. Ms. Leeks is like, oh, it's, it's great. It's going to go really well. Yeah. And then like the kitten is the final breakdown to Mrs. Leeks like wall to her yes. because yeah. like she's always stopping by with a little, little snack for him. And yeah. Yeah. So good. And I like how, um, Laura, it says Laura was not particularly fond of cats, Mm -hmm. but it is so clear that Sylvia Townsend Warner is like a massive cat lover because all the descriptions of the movements of the cat, of like the stretching out one leg and then the other after a nap and like you can just see, like anyone who has cats, like this is so accurate. Yeah, even the description, like the kitten was really hungry and then she gives it milk and it like laps up and I could just like picture its really big belly after. Yeah. Yeah. So good. And also love that this cat is maybe like a messenger of Satan. Satanic familiar. (laughs) It's a familiar. Yeah. And even Titus calls it Grimalkin at one point, which, so I had seen that as cat names before, like particularly in Ellen Montgomery books, there are cats named Grimalkin. So I Googled it and it is an archaic Scottish term for cat. And then, um, during the like witch trial era, it, particularly became associated with familiars. Oh. Um, but yeah, no, I think Vinegar is a great name for her cat. Um, it doesn't ever say what color the cat is, d- unless I missed that. No, I feel like it doesn't. What do you picture? I picture a black cat. Yeah, well, that's classic, But my right? cover of my book is also mm. a black cat. Yours is an orange cat. Mine is an orange cat on the cover. I kind of pictured like a scruffy brown striped cat. Oh, okay. Um, but I don't know why. 
Yeah, I pictured I had a little black cat, a mm-hmm. little kitten mm-hmm. I used to do cat rescue. And he had like a giant head and like a tiny little body. I call him Kit Kat. <laughs> and like, I just remember like he was so tiny. And when he would eat, like his belly would get so huge. And like when she first is describing yeah. him, like flipping all around, like I just pictured Kit Kat. So yeah. that's why. Aww. Yeah. Very cute. Also, I had a cool friend. Uh, in another life and (laughs) she um rescued like black cats and so Mm -hmm. she had I think four or five of them Mm -hmm. and she had like a vaulted ceiling in her upstairs kitchen Mm -hmm. and the cats like all came like flooding to this room (laughs) and then like all like clambered up onto these like rafters and like looking over and it was like five black cats all like staring waiting for the food to be poured that's amazing it was pretty pretty amazing and Mm -hmm. very like witch like seemed very powerful yeah totally but yeah no uh I think that I, I enjoy Vinegar as a character. Yeah. And there's also that, I just want to throw out there, there's, there's that white cat that she yes, mentions. Yes, that comes by and she's mm-hmm. like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Ooh, uh, favorite character, honorable mention, plus pull a prompt from the character cues. Okay. I, I, I quite hmm. like Mrs. Leakes. Yeah. She's your favorite. I, if I was to have... A landlady mm-hmm. that I wanted to befriend. She sounds like a great one, making her own wine, yeah. never interrupts too much. Just yep. seems to have the right, like, I'm, it, she sounds like the perfect Airbnb host. She does. Yeah. No, I also put Mrs. Leak down and I like the way that when they first become friends, she um, entertains Laura with like stories about the whole neighborhood. Yeah. And it kind of reminded me of like Charlie Luke vibes, like the way she's like acting everybody out almost so you can get like, like Laura can picture them. Yeah. And then I love the reveal that she is also a witch. Yeah. um, And that she takes like after Laura gets bitten by the kitten, she takes her to the, like the Kong, everyone coming together was it called? Was the it Sabbath? the Sabbath? Yeah, the witch yeah. Sabbath. Um, and that she like chaperones her a little bit, but mm-hmm. not too much. Yeah, like she'll pop up every now and then and be like, Are "You having a good time?" And then like leave before she can answer. Yeah, but I love yeah. how she like always looks proper and nothing looks like silly on her. And yeah, like yeah, she's a really good character. Yeah, I like her. Who's yours? Um, she might be mine too. Actually, okay. I feel like I have a hard time, even with Laura's speech at the end. Mm-hmm. I feel like she, I was still felt like a little removed from Laura. Yeah, for sure. Like she's a little bit unknowable, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. like it, but she wasn't my favorite. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think my honorable mention is going to be Sybil. Oh, um, because of the description of her before um, James married her. Okay, where it says. Um, she was the daughter of a clergyman, but a fashionable London clergyman, which no doubt accounted for her not being in the least like any clergyman's daughter seen by Everard and Laura hitherto. Her skirts were so long and so lavish that they lay in folds upon the ground all round her when she stood still and required to be lifted in both hands before she could walk. Her hats were further off her head than any hats that had yet been seen in Somerset, and she had one of the up-to-date, smooth Aberdeen terriers. Amazing. <laughs> Like, I guess, like, the old-fashioned Aberdeen Terriers were, like, shaggy. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, like, like the, more of, like, a wiry. I like to picture how far off her head her hats must have been. Mm, tall hair. I think yeah. my, um, will maybe be Mr. Saunter? Yeah, Mr. Saunter's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. like him and his hens. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, kind of enjoy that he doesn't become a part of the... 
Like, he's not at the witch's Sabbath. He's no. not, like, a part of any of that. Yeah. He's, like, he's a part of everything. I thought for everything. a little while. See, this is... I don't know if I like it, but one of the things about this book is that I feel like the plot doesn't always quite go where I thought it was going to go. Like, yeah. I thought she would go back to Lady Place. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I thought Mr. Saunter might be the man. In the mask? In the mask. Yeah. But no, it's just some... No writer dude of Titus's. Yeah, just some guy that was like, I'll sell you my soul if I can be the most popular person at a party once, once a week. A week. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, why would he just become a famous artist? He's like, no, it's not actually what he wanted. Yeah. He just wants to be popular at a party. Once a week. Yeah, it's like, and immediately you know everything about that man. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so yeah, I like how Mr. Saunter doesn't you come into that yeah but I like how he's just like he and Laura have a friendship I like mm-hmm. how he doesn't become a romantic friendship because yeah. when she started taking care of was it the chickens mm-hmm. I thought oh maybe something's gonna happen here but it doesn't yeah. but no it doesn't yeah I, I really love that and then eventually he does find someone else to take over the role yeah but yeah. they're still friends they're still like, friends yeah yeah it's good I like that inclusion in the story yeah mm-hmm. all right character question Ooh. Which character would you be most likely to fall in love with? Oh. Goodness. Well, it would probably be Mr. Saunter. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to go wild card. I'm okay. going to be like that shopkeeper with a nice shop. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I like this, it. Yeah. I like it. And then you could just spend your days in the shop. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. With all the jams and stuff that his sister makes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good time. Mm-hmm. Although if, you know, back in these days, if you went for him, he might expect you to make all the jams. I mean, I've never made jam. Well, but you I, could lead with that, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of it sounds quite nice. Mm-hmm. I would make. I would. I, I, I would make jam. <laughs> I would learn. If that's what it took if to be with took. my true love, <laughs> the shopkeeper. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, that was it. Oh, wow. That was our last prompt. And okay. You know what we never really talked about it at all. It was like Titus coming to try to suck her back. But I guess we never really talked about like the whole devil situation and how the rest of the town are all witches and warlocks. Yeah. The whole town. Except for Mr. Jones, but Mr. Jones is one, but he doesn't, he he doesn't go to the Sabbath and they all think it's because he's not allowed, but it's because he actually is more like lolly and chooses not to because he's like. It's not a great time. Yeah, I like You're that. You're all being fools. I have to say, I was I was a little disappointed that she had such a crap time when she went. Um, but I liked that conversation where he was like, you know, he's got more sophisticated mm. tastes like you, and he doesn't, he chooses not to go. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that, like, she, it does get built up as, like, she's going to have this amazing time, and she's like, I'm here for it. Yep. It's not going to be like all of those parties. Yeah. But then I have to say, so, like, this was something about Lolly that I didn't quite like, was that she kind of, like, you know, needs other people to do for her a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, she liked it when Emily was dancing with her, and she was super vivacious, but, right. like, as soon as she was with other people, she was like, mm, your energy is not great for me. And like, right. she kind of seemed a little disappointed. Mrs. Leakes wasn't taking her underhand mm. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't know how to like, 
But I felt like she was already worried about being like a wallflower that she yeah. kind of became like, but I connect to it at the same time mm-hmm. as someone who's like awkward around parties. You're like, oh, this party's going to be different, but no, they're all the same. All the Even same. if you're a witch. Yeah, it's very true. I think, yeah, no, I see that for sure at the witch's Sabbath. I think that she did really well in being like independent when she was on her own, mm-hmm. but she still brought some of that social awkwardness and anxiety with her yeah. into her new life, which of course you would. Which of course you would, because like that's yeah. all the practice she would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, yeah, so like the final thing after Titus has been wasped and <laughs> runs into Pandora and like yeah. Pandora, like sees Pandora for what or who she is and that she's like been deeply in love with him maybe just in love with lady place that she's never seen through him. <laughs> um, but that they like, they make Lolly go with them to like the next town over, but then yeah. they send the cab away. So she's just stuck there. Yeah. It's just a walk back. And just a walk back. But she instead goes and sees like some really rich man's tomb mm. or something that he's built, something folly, Mulgrave's folly. Right. And she's staring at it and she meets the devil and she has that whole big conversation. Mm-hmm. But even that kind of seems a little bit like, because he's basically like, now you've pledged yourself to me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really care that much. I care yeah. about you just as much as I care about the rest of them. Like, you're all equal in my eyes. And yeah. Like, yeah. And it's interesting, like the last line of the whole book is about ownership, right? Mm. Um, whereas it's kind of like the devil is still like stepping into that role that her family was in mm-hmm. of like, she's not fully her own person, Yeah, but the difference is that like the devil's going to leave her alone, let her do whatever she wants. Yeah. Like she yeah. still has someone who's looking out for her. And in some ways that kind of just makes sense because that has been her whole life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like now it's like the, it's a, it's a light touch. Yeah, and he doesn't care what she does. Like she has like a certain kind of she's responsibility gonna go sleep to sleep in a right? ditch. She's again. gonna go sleep. She loves ditches. Comfortable ditch. Hope she ditch. finds another comfortable one. Um, if two comfortable ditches exist in the world, so okay, is Great Mop like a refuge for people who are bolting? Like, or are they called there? Like, does he have kind of like a place of power there that mm. he's like calling them all to there? Yeah, because it is quite extraordinary that an entire village would all... I think they're all drawn to it. Yeah. Because, like, is the shopkeeper, my love, um, um, is the sister live live there? I think, well, it doesn't say that she lives in Great Mop. It says that she lives in in the Chilterns. Right. So Great Mop would be, like, one village in that district. Yeah. But she's chosen Great Mop, and I was like, is is his sister a witch? And she can smell the power. Like, there's Mm -hmm. something, like, she can smell from, like, that produce that she wants to go to there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's a refuge or if it's like a a, a, a place that calls mm. like-minded individuals together. And that's why no one, like, yeah. it's kind of like out of the way. And a lot of people don't live there because they don't feel that call. Yeah. And like of all of the people that we hear of there, I don't think there's a single one with the possible exception of Mr. and Mrs. Leak that are following like the patriarchal heteronormative mm, way of life. Like right. the matriarchs of the whole town are like these two spinster elderly sisters who live together 
and like terrorize their servants and spend a ton of money on their horses. Right. Um, and remember when it says they have the justice room in their house? <laughs> That's disturbing. But um, yeah, and then you have like Emily, the barmaid, and Mr. Saunter, who's like shell shocked from the war and has gone there to like escape the you know yeah everyday life and. Everyone you meet there pretty much is someone doing something different. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. You could probably argue either way that they're called there or that the devil is called there because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. But maybe they're both. Yeah. Like. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. What came first, the chicken or the egg? What came first, the chicken or the egg? I mean, certainly, like, I love a good walk in the woods, and this definitely, mm-hmm. you know, the atmospheric part mm-hmm. of it and that kind of thing. It's interesting to think, like, well, I guess, like, because the devil is not portrayed as, like, a bad person. No. In this book. No. In fact, she says she quite likes him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he ha- comes in different guises. Yeah. Um, but he's always like very understanding and, like, and yeah, yeah, they have good chats. Yeah. yeah. So definitely a different portrayal of the devil mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. a lot of religion in a book for one that features the devil. No. Yeah. Like which is great. Carolyn's very religious, but Lolly is not. No. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. Well. Yeah. That sums up Lolly Willows. All right. So um, you can always let us know what you think about it or what you think about our episode. We are on Twitter at Story Girls Tweet. Mm-hmm. And we are also on Instagram, Story Girls Podcast. And you can also email us at Story Girls Podcast or just G- Story Girls. Story Girls Podcast. Story Girls Podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And thank you very much for listening. And our next book will continue on in the series of The Bolters. The Bolters. And we're going to finish off with a dash of absurdity. Oh, right. Our, okay, so we're going to try something here. We're going to try something new. Our, do you have one? I do have one. Okay. Um, apparently, when leading up to World War II, Sylvia Townsend Warner and Valentine Ackland, her partner, were came to the attention of the British government as potential um, dissidents. They oh, were communists, oh. and uh, Valentine Ackland had written a letter to the Communist Party offering her vehicle and oh. offering to be a driver. Oh. So they were being surveilled by MI5, but... MI5 was so very confused by two women living together as partners and offering to drive for the Communist Party that they thought that Valentine Ackland was a man and they thought that Sylvia uh, Townsend Warner was two people, Townsend and Warner. So they thought that they were surveilling three men and they were like very, very confused. What? Yeah. Amazing. So there it is, your dash of absurdity. That's great. Ooh, well done.